Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. We invite your calls if you're listening on Saturday. The live call-in number is 631-955-5400. That's the live call-in number for Saturday only, 631-955-5400. Or you can text anytime in the week. Text your questions at 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516 516- Three six seven zero three nine one. Well, we're thinking together about the basic disciplines of a healthy Christian life, and the one that we're focusing on today is, in my opinion, the most remarkable. In fact, when you give it more than just a few seconds of thought, you'll know why I believe that. I'm talking about the discipline and the amazing privilege of prayer. Now, here's why prayer is so amazing. Think with me. The true And living God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. He can't be contained in the highest heavens of this created universe. He regards the nations, not just one, but all of them, as a drop of condensation on the side of a bucket. And he's absolutely sovereign. The purposes, the plans, the decree of this all-powerful, true and living God will be accomplished. And yet, At the same time, and with no contradiction to what I've just said about God, this God hears prayers offered up by people like you and me, and in a way that's completely in accord with his absolute sovereignty. He responds to those prayers in his way, in his time, and always perfectly. Jesus himself gave this astounding cluster of promises. Ask, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Knock, keep knocking, and it will be opened to you. Seek, keep seeking, and you will find. Now, before we go any further, I need to qualify a couple of things. First, we must ask for things that are in accord with the revealed will of God. His will is made known to us in the 66 books of the Bible, the Word of God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, wrote the Apostle John. Now, there are those who very foolishly and very mistakenly tell you that prayer is a blank check to ask for anything you want. If you want a Cadillac, just ask God for it, and he'll give it to you if you have enough faith. But The Apostle James, who wrote, you do not have because you do not ask, continued with this qualification, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, like your passion for a Cadillac. See, God is good not to give us many things that we misguidedly ask for. Good parents don't give their little children matches no matter how persistently they may ask for them. Second, we must ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, to be very blunt, you and I have absolutely no grounds for coming to God in ourselves. He is absolutely holy, and we are sinners. 
You must be cleansed of your sins by trusting in Christ's sacrifice on the cross, and you must be clothed in the perfect righteousness that he secured by his perfect obedience and that he offers you in the gospel if you're to come into the presence of the high and holy one who inhabits eternity. Now, when you come to Jesus Christ in faith and repentance, the Bible says that you are in him. You are one with him as a husband is as a wife, rather, is one with her husband. You are given his merit, and you're given his name, and it's on that basis that you can come to God the Father. The president's family, those with his name, have access to him where others don't, and so it is in the economy of God when it comes to prayer. Now, let me ask you, do you come to God in the name of and by the merit of the one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. And that's the only way that this amazing privilege of prayer can be yours. But what is prayer? Quite simply, it's speaking to God as your Father in the name of Jesus Christ, as people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who gives the true people of God a childlike faith, a childlike attitude and a childlike confidence, confidence that God is the Father of them as truly as he is the Father of Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. It's speaking to this infinite, eternal, unchangeable God, knowing that he delights to hear the prayers of his children and knowing that he will answer those prayers according to his will in ways that always serve his glory and are always for the good of the one who has prayed and is praying. Well, now you know why I believe so strongly that prayer is the most remarkable basic discipline of the Christian life. But let's, let's go back to this all-important matter of praying according to the revealed will of God. How does, that, how does that work itself out as you pray in the name of your mediator, your priest, Jesus Christ? Let me give you some examples. The Bible tells me that I'm to love my wife as Christ loved the church. When I ask God to make me a better husband, he answers me by giving me more self-giving love for my wife and by teaching me more of what self-giving love is. The Bible tells me that God promises to be God to me, to my children, and to my children's children. We say simply that God is a covenant God. So, as I pray for our six children and for those who are married, for their spouses and for their children, I ask that God will, in the fullest sense of that rich promise, work in each of my children and their families that saving grace which truly makes God our God. The Bible tells me in the Gospel of Luke that God will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, and how I and you too need the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, to form the fruit of the Spirit in us, to enable us to put to death the sinful deeds that we commit in our bodies, to strengthen us when we're weak, to resist the devil when he attacks us in various ways. Well, when in prayer... I ask God for the Holy Spirit, I have an assurance that he will grant that promise. The Bible tells me that the knowledge of God's glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, and that fuels my passion for missions, 
and it also encourages me to pray for Christ's return when he'll judge the world and then usher in new heavens and new earth in which this promise will be perfectly fulfilled. So, so I think you get the idea. So for the discipline of prayer, the whole word of God is of use to direct us. But the Lord Jesus Christ has given us a special standard to direct us in our prayers. It's remarkably short, but it's also remarkably full. And you'll find out what that special standard to direct us is in your prayers, and you'll learn how to use that standard as you pray after we hear this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill.com. Bill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko here with you today. Let me remind you that we invite and we encourage your text questions about the basic disciplines of the healthy Christian life or about anything that you talk about in a pastor's study. Questions about the Bible, about the doctrines of the Bible about ethical issues, about the Christian life. <laughs> you can text your questions at any time. Now put the number under Pastor Bill. Text questions at any time, 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391 to text your questions at any time, and then we use those to put together future programs. So you are very much a part of what makes a visit to the pastor's study, a visit to the pastor's study. For this program, we're thinking about prayer as a basic discipline for a healthy Christian life. The whole Bible helps us to pray according to the revealed will of God. But there's a perfect summary for our prayers and what's often called the Lord's Prayer. You can read it in Matthew's Gospel account in chapter 6 and verses 9 through 13, or you can read another version of it in Luke's Gospel account. That's right in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. It's actually really called the, the Disciples' Prayer, the prayer Jesus taught his followers, his disciples, to pray. But we commonly call it the Lord's Prayer because the Lord Jesus himself gave it to us, and if it comes from the mouth of the one in whose name we're to pray, we can be quite sure that it's a perfect model for our prayers. Now, I'm going to use the Westminster Shorter Catechism to walk you through the introduction to the Lord's Prayer, its six petitions, and the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer. This catechism is an excellent brief development of the meaning of the Lord's Prayer as it's an excellent overview of all of the basic doctrines of the Christian faith. And if you'd like a copy of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, 
Just request one by emailing me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, another way you can reach me. Ask for a copy of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Include your mailing address, please, and then we'll get that in the mail to you. So how do you pray using the Lord's Prayer as your guide? So let's use the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Question number 101, and I'm going to personalize this for you. What does the preface or the introduction of the Lord's Prayer teach you? Well, the preface of the Lord's Prayer, which is Our Father who is in heaven or which art in heaven, teaches you to draw near to God. That's what prayer is. You're coming, you're coming near to the God in whom you live and move and have your being with all holy reverence and confidence. That's one side of it. That's the key side. You're dealing with the holy God. But you do it in holy reverence and confidence as children to a father. We're given the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And and that God is able and ready to help us. And also in that preface, our Father who is in heaven or which art in heaven, we're praying with and for others. Notice it's our Father, our piety in America in particular, is very, very individualistic. Uh, Jesus and I together. Well, praise the Lord when Jesus dwells in you and you're married to him by faith. But the Bible says that Jesus is, and Jesus himself says, he's building a church. And we have brothers and sisters and we're a family. And while we're personalizing the Lord's Prayer here, notice you're praying our Father. We're praying as one body of the Lord's people, one family through Christ. Now, second, what do we pray for in the first petition? In the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, which is, Hallowed be your name. We pray that God would enable us, or you pray, that God would enable yourself, you and others, to glorify God in everything by which he makes himself known. He makes himself known in creation. He makes himself known in his word. He makes himself known supremely in Jesus Christ. And when you pray, let your name be holy, we're praying that we and others would glorify God in everything by which he makes himself known, and that he would, as the Catechism puts it, dispose all things to his own glory, which basically means that God would use and turn all things to his glory. What a great confidence that is, that our sovereign God, with no contradiction to his sovereignty, takes our prayers that his name would be made holy, and he wonderfully uh, turns and overturns, if you will, all things for the glory of his name and the good of his people. And what do you pray for in the second petition? In the second petition, which is your kingdom come, you pray, I love this, that Satan's kingdom would be destroyed and that the kingdom of grace may be advanced. That's what we call the church, the gospel, what God's doing, saving us and others in the world. We pray that you, yourself, and others would be brought into that kingdom and kept in it, and you pray that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. What a full petition in just those little words, your kingdom come. Wonderful thing to pray for on the Lord's Day and before each Lord's Day. What do we pray for in the third petition? Well, in the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, which is your will be done in earth as it is in heaven, you pray 
that God, by his grace, would make you and others able and willing to know, obey, and submit to his will in all things, just as the angels do in heaven. Did you ever think about that? That's what you're praying for when you ask that the will of God, what he has revealed in his own word, might be done on the earth just as it is done in heaven by the angels there. And what do you pray for in the fourth petition, in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, which is give us this day our daily bread. You and others pray that of God's free grace and of his free gift, you may receive, I love the language of the catechism, a competent portion of the good things of this life. I remember an elder in the church that I pastored for many years who would regularly pray that God would give us a competent portion of the good things of this life, and as the catechism adds, and enjoy his blessing with them. What's a competent portion? A suitable portion, exactly what you need, and enjoy his blessing with them. It's a sobering thing to realize people may receive much from the hand of God, but be under his curse. And when you pray, give us this day our daily bread, you're not only asking for a suitable portion of what you need day by day, but also that you would enjoy God's blessing with them. And what do you pray for in the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer? Well, in the fifth petition, which is, and forgive us our debts, or as some say, our trespasses, as we forgive our debtors or those who trespass against us. You pray, according to the Catechism and the Word of God, that God, for Christ's sake, as you were praying in Christ, would freely pardon all of your sins, which you and others are the rather encouraged to ask because by his grace you are enabled from the heart to forgive others. That's magnificent. Your forgiving others doesn't bring forgiveness to you, but your forgiveness of others reflects the fact that you have been forgiven by God, and that's the essence of the gospel. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're asking that the Lord forgive us for the sins of children. When you come to Christ for the first time, you come as a, a guilty criminal. You need to be justified. You need to have the punishment of your sins taken away, and that punishment is taken away in Christ. There's no condemnation to you in Christ. But we have to pray day by day as the Lord's children that he forgive us our debts because we do still sin against our Father in thought and word and deed. What do you pray for in the sixth petition, which is uh, the last one in the Lord's Prayer? In the sixth petition, which is in lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one, the devil, you pray, according to the Catechism, that God would either keep you from being tempted to sin or will support and deliver you when you are tempted. That's why this petition is so important each day, because each day you and I are tempted to sin. Remember when God converts you. Reigning, dominating sin is broken, but remaining indwelling sin is there. You are tempted and you need to be delivered from your temptation or supported in the midst of it. And so you pray, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. And finally, 
What does the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer teach you? At least the conclusion is given in Matthew, the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, which is for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Teaches you to take your encouragement in prayer from God only and in your prayers to praise him, ascribing kingdom, power, and glory to him and to him alone. And now, of course, it is Christ himself who has all of that authority. And in testimony of your desire and assurance to be heard, you say, Amen, Amen. It is translated that way in any language, and it means, let it be so. And of course, that's the glory when you know that God has given you promises in his word, he has said he will do these things, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, as it were, signs that covenant and assures it. And when you pray that God will fulfill his promises, he will do it. Let's take some time for some counsel from the pastor's study, some helps for you and for me to grow in prayer as one of the basic disciplines of a healthy Christian life. Cherish the privilege, brothers and sisters, in Christ. It is the great privilege of those who are God's children by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. You get to speak freely, fully, and frequently to your Father in heaven, who is the true and living God. And that is an infinitely greater privilege than speaking to the president, to a prime minister, to a governor, or to a king. So, so in, order, in order to grow in your discipline in prayer, cherish that privilege. See, those other leaders are not God, but God is. And in prayer, praying in Christ, you have, if I may use this phrase, you have permission to speak freely, sir. And then set time to pray every day. I find it interesting that the experts in our rapid-paced culture all emphasize the importance of a timeout every day. If you want to escape being overcome by the avalanche of things to do in our modern world, you've got to have a timeout say the experts, and God himself says that too, and he's the great expert. But see, these experts, not God, but the others, almost always want you to look within for a source of inner peace and tranquility. And that's exactly the opposite of the place that you look for help. The Bible wonderfully talks about the privilege of casting all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. And that's another magnificent reason for you to become a child of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Take time every day to listen to God as he speaks to you by his written word, the Bible, and as you speak to him in prayer. Cast your anxieties into the lap of your wonderful Father in heaven, and there is real relief and real peace. And be sure to thank God for all of the expressions of his goodness to you, and also be sure to confess your sins to him. I mean, it's only right to thank the God from whom all of your blessings flow, and your spirits will be lifted up when you take the time to consider all 
the ways that God has already provided for you and has answered and is answering your prayers. And I always regard confession of sin as something like taking a shower. Here's a sure promise given in God's revealed will, the Bible. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then last but not least, keep a record of your prayers and of God's answers. I have a prayer journal in which I note the various prayer requests that come to me. And incidentally, I am very glad to add your prayer requests if you text them or email them to me. And then that helps me with the discipline of prayer. And it also fuels my spiritual tank when I see how God has answered and is answering. Our amazing, infinite, eternal God has listened to me in Christ, and he's answered. Wow. Hey, thanks for listening today. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out archives of past visit to the pastor's study programs. You can go to sermonaudio.com. That's all one word. It's an excellent resource. Search a visit to the pastor's study, or you can go to our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. I always appreciate your feedback and your questions. Email me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. That's all one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Or you can call my study, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.